Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So this is a this is an intense recording. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the middle of a storm. But <laughs> we are. We are. Well, Taylor, you're not. In Huntington. No, I'm I'm just uh, experiencing this from from a, a distance. I, I have storm <laughs> sympathy for you. You're emotionally in it with us. Yes. If not physically. The, the, it, is, it is very likely the power may go out. <laughs> I, oh, it's like a I keep getting warnings time. on my phone and they alternate between excessive heat and severe thunderstorm. <laughs> I just get these yeah. warnings. I don't know. I don't even know what app is sending me warnings that there is all bu- of them. All day I got excessive heat, and then it was like severe thunderstorm, and I just got another excessive heat. Just I got angry at the excessive heat warning I got on my phone today because I was outside and had already been outside for an hour, and I had to continue being outside. And I was like, "Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. There's nothing I can do about it." All right. Uh, we had rehearsal tonight. Yes. And we do outdoor theater. <laughs> I thought those children were going to melt. <laughs> they did look adorable with their very rosy cheeks. They did. It was actually very cute. <laughs> As I'm like running around in between going water, water, water. <laughs> it's a bunch of sweaty kids. So cute. Oh, I took those costumes off the girls. They were the sweatiest. I mean, because like, I, don't I know. basically My- threw away all the clothes I was wearing. I was just oh. like, yeah, there's no saving these. It's like I jumped in a pool. When the when it finally started raining, which was a relief because then the humidity broke and the temperature dropped and it's a little I mean it's stormy but at least it's not so hot. The girls were like, "Can we run around in that?" They were just still Shower. so hot and I was like, "Yeah." So they were just like running around. It feels so good. <laughs> yeah, my weather app said it was ninety five degrees, but Oof. it felt like a hundred nine because of the humidity. Mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, you couldn't breathe." Is, no, no. Um, before uh, bed, Cooper looked at me and said, before bed, I want to watch the show that you told me about <laughs> with the baby vampire that bites the mommy. What? She's talking about Twilight. Of oh, course. No. <laughs> and I don't even remember when we talked about Twilight at some point in the, at some point she likes all things spooky. And yeah. at some point vampires were the discussion and we talked about, like, not all vampires are scary. Some of them sparkle in the sunlight. I was trying to, like, make them seem not so scary. Mm-hmm. She wants them to be scary, though. Yeah. But she, but so, you know, she just indulged in the scene of Renesmee being born real quick before bed. And she was like, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you- I liked a cup of blood. <laughs> yep, yep. Can you please share with Taylor and our listening audience what Cooper did the other night at the foot of her bed before going oh, to bed? Oh, she uh, just... Because it's very related. Out of nowhere, she there's a little toy chest at the end of her bed, um, which looks like a treasure chest, like a pirate treasure chest that Justin built for her. And she opened it up and climbed inside of it and pulled a blanket up over half of her. And she actually, like demanded charlie bring her a pillow for her head and then laid her head back and said i'm in my coffin (laughs) (laughs) that rocks i was was like oh no (laughs) no it's amazing i i felt responsible for like some sort of core uh, memory that that she's developed because when i was in town i uh 
I was wearing my uh, my Pennywise T-shirt, mm-hmm. and she had said that she had had dreams. She approached me and said, I, I dreamed last night about a scary clown, and you have a scary clown on your T-shirt. And that <laughs> the lineup of events, because I guess she told you about the clowns that morning. So mm-hmm. she did, in fact, dream about Pennywise. And then the next day, I just happened to put on a Pennywise T-shirt. And I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be some, like, messed up poetry one day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She, I can't tell if she likes Pennywise or not, though, because uh, they were actually, when they were running around in the rain, they were playing near the drain, and she kept, like, climbing around over the storm drain. I know. And <laughs> That's Justin the one place going, you don't go. Stay away, stay away, stay away. That's not safe. And he said, should we tell her to stay away because Pennywise is down there? <laughs> and I said, no. No, I don't want to scare her. But also don't tell her that's but why also, to stay away because it might draw her to she it. She might want to go down there. And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure she's scared. But then later she was like, mommy, can before we go to bed, can you show me pictures of scary clowns? <laughs> Real quick, before I get in bed, I'm a four-year-old child and I need to look at some pictures of scary clowns and then I'll be so ready for bed. <laughs> I remember we used to think it was weird that Charlie would want to see pictures of crying babies. Little did oh, we know how did. good we had it. She did. She just wanted to know what emotions were like. Oh. <laughs> She's very emotional. Every time Cooper so much as like, like grazes her hand past her aggressively, Charlie's like, no, <laughs> mommy. Except I just got to say, and this is the last thing I'll say, we can talk about the thing we're talking about. Charlie, when she is at a theater rehearsal, as soon as she enters that environment, it's all gone. She is not like sensitive to her little sister. She forgets her little sister is there. Mm-hmm. She is just in her element. Everyone's her best friend. She is in her costume. She knows everyone's lines. Her choreography mm-hmm. gets bigger every single night. She said to me, she said, I think I know what I need. I said, what? She said, an audience. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God, this is what happens oh, when you're raised no. in this family, I guess. Oh, my God. It was bound. To, the Smurl and McElroy's have come together. Um, yeah, I, I, she feels very cool. She actually, the other day I had the moment I've been dreading since I had children, which is I went in for a hug and she gave me the, like, kind of shrugged away from me and went, mom. Yeah. And I was like, no, no. She wouldn't let me hold her hand at rehearsal. It's like me, me. Wow, that. You got your last hug for like the next what, f- fifteen to twenty years? Well, fifteen I mean, years at least. She'll still hug me yeah. at home. Okay. It's just um. out in public. It was the and then she looked at me. We were at this like dance party down at Pullman Square, which is like outdoor area. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there was a dance party for kids. Sure. So she's outside with her friends. They're dancing, and then she comes walking over to me and she's like, "Mom, I'm gonna go with my friends to the arcade." <laughs> <laughs> what? And then <laughs> turns seven. around and walk away, and I was like. What? No, you're not. She went, why? And I said, because you're seven? Like, no, you're not. What do you mean you're going with your friends to the arcade? And also, like, what year is it? <laughs> like, it's, mom, it's 1985, and I'm going with my friends to the arcade. <laughs> wow. oh. we, we all went to the arcade. Well, it's also a bar. Oh. Well, in the, well, okay. Well, well, that's. In the day, it's family friendly. Yeah. But they also always it, have it drinks. It's, a, it's an arcade bar kind yes. of thing. Not 
not great for unaccompanied seven-year-olds, I guess. Yeah. No, it is not the kind of place you would do. Well, I mean, where do I send my unaccompanied seven-year-olds? <laughs> what, what is the place I send her? The answer is nowhere. The library? Maybe the library. <laughs> I don't know about unaccompanied. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about a great TV show. Hey. There's a transition. Uh, Riley, you finally watched Our Flag Means Death. Yes, I am that kind of person that if you tell me, oh, you couldn't do that, I'll say, haha, watch. And then I forced myself during my opening weekend of, of shows after Tech Week to watch all 10 episodes of Our Flag Means Death. Now, was it, was it forced? Was it, it was hard? not forced. I will be honest, for anyone who has not watched it, and is thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It did take me like a full, I think, two episodes, I think mm-hmm. is what it was, before I was like, okay, I now enjoy watching this. I mean, Us it's how too. I felt at the beginning of Schitt's Creek. Us I watched the first season of Schitt's Creek and gave up on it and said, why does everyone love this? So I I understand it happens very often. It's hard to get into a show sometimes. But like after that, it was very enjoyable. That's definitely the consensus on Our Flags Mean Death. Mm-hmm. It's like you've kind of got to stick it out for the first... What when does Blackbeard show up? Three episode three, four, so, something three, like that. I think that's why it was two. I think he wasn't in the first two, and it was three. Yeah, like, no, I enjoyed that, it that all, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that definitely was the experience we had. Everybody kept telling us we should watch it. Tay, I think you had mentioned it. Se- several people had said you should watch this. So we watched the first episode, and we were both like, "Well, I mean, I don't know." We weren't laughing a whole lot. Which I think is what, I think that's part of it, though. We went into it thinking this is supposed to just be comedy. Yeah. And it's more than that. I mean, oh, I'm not yeah. saying it's not funny. It's just like, it's like Shit's Creek. There are lots of episodes of Shit's Creek where I'm not, like, rolling on the floor the whole time. Some of them, I'm crying the whole time. Yeah. Some of, it, yes. <laughs> and some of the, and some of, them, some of them are hilarious, but others are like, oh, well, yeah. that was a nice little story. And sometimes that's what our flag... And I think that if you go into it thinking like, I'm going to laugh my butt off at these pirates, it's not It's not exactly that. <laughs> well, that's not the sense of humor either. It's kind of an absurdist right. sense of humor. It's not a, mm-hmm. you know, set up punchline delivery kind of humor, which I, I, I prefer, frankly. It feels like, and it's been a very long time since I've seen this, so maybe this isn't a good connection, but... I remember watching Monty Python with dad one time. (laughs) Like, it feels like a very, very updated version of that. You know what I mean? Like that kind of humor. Yeah. I think that and that kind of setting. Because I'm also not someone who will gravitate towards things that are like historical in that sense, like Mm -hmm. piratey stuff or medieval stuff, even if it's comedy, usually not just my field of interest. Um, But this felt very that. Mm hmm. Well, that's, I mean, you are, are, Sydney, I feel like you're familiar with, like, Flight of the Concords or, like, what we do in Shadows. It's all the same crew. It's a mm-hmm. lot of the same people involved. Um, it is that. It's it's not, it's, it's weird, and it's funny because it's weird, but it's not, it, it's not traditional, like, you know, here's the laugh track that plays because, yes. you know, I don't know. He well, was not friends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was exactly thinking it because Chandler put some weird inflection on a word, and that's humor. <laughs> and usually that word is B. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes that's funny, though, to be fair. That's fine. Said he loves Chandler. <laughs> I, I just mean sometimes it's funny. Uh I Yeah, I think, I, I think that is kind of the problem at first, is we went in very much expecting, like, just comedy. And then it wasn't that, and we weren't sure what it was. Mm-hmm. And so we watched a couple episodes, and then we sort of let it go. And then 
everybody kept telling us, you've got to stick with it. You've got to stick with it. You've got to stick with it. And so we just sat down, much like Schitt's Creek. Actually, yeah. do you remember why we watched what we did with Schitt's Creek? Didn't you start it and stop? We played chicken. That's right. Who would? Who's going to give up first? Who would give up first? Because we were like, mom and dad are making us watch the show. Let's see right. who gives in first. And then at some point, we weren't playing anymore because we were both enjoying it so much we, that we didn't want to stop. We really have to give credit to mom on that because mom was the one that kept telling all of us to watch it. And I was like, no, I yeah. won't. I'm not. I'm just going to mm-hmm. watch it to make you stop telling me to watch it. And then and but she was right. We all we all loved it. That's never worked for her with the blacklist. <laughs> but <laughs> James Spader's so good in it. <laughs> but James, if if for nothing else, <laughs> can you do the same James thing Spader. in reverse and make mom and dad watch Our Flags Mean Death? We well, they watched an episode, and of all the people, I thought I, mean, would I think love just this. one. Our dad is at the top of that list, right? He loves pirates. Yeah. That man loves a good nautical adventure. See, not in, well. I don't think it's fair to judge anybody's reaction to the first episode. That's true. I, I think that if it wouldn't have been for us doing this episode, I would not have picked it up as fast as I did. I would not have kept going immediately. It, I, and I'll tell you, and I mean, we obviously will spoil a lot of the show. Yes, I think we should say that up front. Yeah, I think the thing that I Taylor, you had endorsed it, and yes. when you when you sold it to me, you said, "Have you seen Our Flag Means Death?" And I said, "Oh, I think I've heard of that, but we haven't watched it yet." And you said, "It's the gay pirate one." <laughs> And I went, oh, okay. And it, it was a kind of a relief because as I started watching it, I really was worried, like, are they going to make me think, are they going to make me ship and not deliver? I was so worried <laughs> that that's what I, like, you know? And, yeah. and but I, you had, t- like, you had given me that little hope ahead of time, like, Taylor endorsed this. It's not, it's not going to bait me. <laughs> well, and I, I was, when I saw, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I feel like a lot of times, especially being in the, like the, queer and art world on the internet like there's a lot of things that get picked up like oh this is queer representation and i watched it i'm like no the the people were just weird not everybody that's weird is queer (laughs) like (laughs) i mean i'm glad you see yourself in it have your fun draw your fan art but like i don't I'm tired of things just like crumbs and like, oh, this is fine. Oh, oh, two two people in Star Wars that maybe were the same gender had a kiss in the background. Oh, yes, yeah, Star Wars gay. Ooh, like, no, I'm, I'm over it. And so like everyone's like, oh, it's so gay. I was like, OK, I'll, I'll be the judge of this. But I similarly have friends <laughs> like, no, you, I promise it delivers. I won't spoil anything, but it delivers. And I was very I can't explain the feeling like I had when it delivered. Like, I'm not I don't. I mean, obviously, that's a new feeling because so rarely does media deliver in like a a good like queer storyline. Yes, it, it really it's so true. I because when I first started watching, I thought is the whole thing like and I shouldn't have underestimated like that. He is like Steve Bonnet is, you know, he's kind of fussy. He's somewhat effeminate. Is that like. Is that why people are identifying this? You know, like, mm-hmm. but no, it's so much more than that. Like, yes, he he is those things, but that's not that's not all. Yeah. Well, and it's <laughs> we really are going somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, even like even before you get the the payoff towards the end with Blackbeard and, and Bonnet, like you get so much of the rest of the cast. Like by mm-hmm. then, I didn't even care because I was like, well, you just delivered so much of the cast is 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 queer in different ways mm-hmm. that it's like I kind of like it's you're good. <laughs> In in that very Schitt's Creek fashion where it just is true 
And it's not... It's not necessarily a big storyline. It's just, like, part of it. Yes. Yes. There are multiple characters who, you know, are engaged in relationships that aren't straight and, you know, with gender representations like Jim, who are non-binary, and it's just there. Yeah. And it's not it's not the whole thing. It's mentioned, like it's acknowledged. But then, and and the people who have a problem, people who ever say anything like the slightest bit derogatory, or uh, are portrayed as like just terrible people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no there's no daylight given for the people who, in any way, yeah, throw shade at that. Yeah, I I saw it compared in in relation to Shit's Creek, and that the the phrase was uh, heteronormative, not homophobic. Although I think our flags mean death almost takes it a step farther where I don't know if it's heteronormative. I'd say that most of the relationships you see, like, what is it? The, the, who's the, the pirate queen, Jackie, Jackie, you know, who has all of her husbands. Like there's a lot, Mm -hmm. like, I don't, there aren't like in a, a lot of relationships in there that are what I would deem heteronormative. (laughs) No, I mean, well, I mean, if you look at like the, the marriage that kicks off the entire story, it's Steed and his wife, Mary. Yes. Yes. Matt. Matt. Maggie. Mary. 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 Right. The widow bonnet. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, it's We're that awful. marriage. <laughs> and obviously it's I mean, if that is like the here's the representation of a straight marriage. It's like the unhappiest relationship it's, in the entire They're show. unhappy. And he's unhappy because obviously he's not straight. Yeah. But. She is not unhappy because she wants to be married, you know, to a woman or something. Like, it's not that obvious. It's just that just being in this, like... Well, it was arranged, right? Yeah, it was an arranged marriage, and she's not happy in it, and she wants to pursue other things. And she doesn't even want to, like... I don't even think they... Do they even indicate that she wants to marry the other guy she's with? No, I think she likes her freedom being... Mm -hmm. Yeah, she she talks about liking being a widow. (laughs) Liking being a widow, yeah, that's what it is. So, like, I, I mean, I think what it's it, like, it, it's kind of saying, you know, it's fine that she doesn't want to be married and she can just be sort of hooking up with this guy casually. And maybe he's part of the family and maybe that that will be a partner for a while and maybe it won't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Where is yeah. the the healthy heterosexual relationship? Well, I mean, even the fact that like, the, the I don't know, like, I like that the kids are present. I mean, they're. You know, they're they're given storylines, but it's kind of like they understand, too. Like, kids can understand complicated things. Like, mm-hmm. they have supportive parents. They're just living their own lives. I don't know. It's not like... It doesn't show that other side where there's got to be the serious... The, the very special episode of Our Flags Mean Death where we can confront the, the damage of different kinds of relationships. Yeah. The only and, thing and I was thinking say, about is... I wasn't looking for a heterosexual relationship. I don't want well, that to come across that way. Like, where is it? I need yeah. it. I just mean like, yeah, it's not heteronormative. You, had you me, don't see that. You had me sitting here thinking if there even was one. And Jim and the other pirate. What is his name? Um, I don't know. Alu? Olu? Something like that? Yeah. Right? Aren't I mean, that's a woman. Well, Jim's non-binary. Yeah. I didn't remember well they don't again they don't i guess it was never explicitly said either way i just assume I, well that's me assuming and being heteronormative on my own because well, i was like oh this is a person disguised as a man so it with the with a genuine disguise the only reason i say that is because mm-hmm. they have a disguise so that was me assuming that it must be a woman then well i i mean i think that was really the way they handled that was so beautiful because mm-hmm. you think that's going to be it. Like, oh, it's a woman disguised as a man. But then it's very right. clearly like they're 
that you meet their um, the, the the nun that took care their of grandma. grandma. That's okay. right. And they uh, she uses they pronouns immediately. Like that is just fine. It's not questioned. And I didn't even question yeah. that. Yeah. And Jim says, yeah. I go by Jim. Just call me Jim. Like Jim is Jim. And that is. I, and I think I think what you assumed is what they want you to. Yeah. Because it's what the other pirates assume. Right. And and so I think they want that assumption to be made just so that they can undo it. Yeah. And and like I think that's a really powerful piece of media if you alongside the characters assume like, oh, this is a story of a, you know, a woman mm-hmm. who was pretending to be a man to hide from I mean, what she's being sought for to be killed. Murder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she yeah, she's wanted. Like it's just sort of that story, but it's not that. It's something it's something else and mm-hmm. we assume that because of you know well, forcing a, people into and, a gender binary yeah. and heteronormativity and all that and that's and, a trope yeah. to be a woman disguised as exactly a man in, in a group of men and but i think it was yeah. a very like the the scene where the rest of the pirates kind of get on board with oh you're jim that's what we call you that's fine it was such like a spoon-fed like you saw me as this before you liked me as jim before can we just keep mm-hmm. doing that and everyone's like yeah that makes sense sure it's like the most like basic like yes this is how you some this is my name this is who I am. It's that easy, right? And all the pirates are like, yeah, that's fine. Sure, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I thought it was very well done. All of that, it, it's all handled, again, it, it just, it's like, it's an alternate universe. And I mean, it's set in the past, but not the historically accurate past, really. You know what I mean? I know it's based on the real goofy people past. and real events, but like, it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's obviously like its own thing. Like, there's a lot of anachronistic kind of stuff. Um but it, it's this sort of alternate past where also, in addition to all of that, we're just all fine with this. It just is. Well, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's there's a little bit of truth there in that pirates were pretty gay, you know. <laughs> you did have, like, you... You heard it here first. Pirates are gay. Uh, a lot of gay pirates. No, there was, like, the, what is it, where you can, like, marry your, 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 your fellow captain, and it's just, like, you just uh-huh. are two, two pirates that you're together. You're your mates. Mm-hmm. And also there were a lot of, uh, you know, famous pirates that were disguised as, a, as what would have been, you know, as, like women that were disguised as men. However they identified, who knows. But there was there was gender play. There was there was pirate gay marriage, all sorts of stuff. It was, you know, perhaps that's a good time period to set the show because well, who knows what was really going on. <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, we don't know. None of us were around. (laughs) Well, and it's also really hard whenever you talk about that kind of thing, using all of the terminology that we have today when you're talking about a time where even to define oneself, people would. I mean, and they they represent that well again with Jim. Mm -hmm. The the concept of like the word non-binary would not have, I mean, at the time probably wouldn't have been used. Right. So Jim doesn't have the language that we use today, mm-hmm. but still it's there. Yeah. Like nose, yeah. it's the same thing. We just, we have words that we didn't use back then. Yeah. Well, and it is um, a non-binary actor that plays Jim, which I think is really cool. Like this, oh, I didn't this know built in a part for the, the mm-hmm. actor to portray themselves in a way. That is really cool. Yeah. Um, I want to talk more about like the, the show itself and why we're all obsessed with it. But before we do that, let's check the group message. So, it's been a busy time here. You'd think it's summer. It's time to relax. 
not when you do summer theater and the whole family does it, which means usually every single day, even when we have a day off, we are ordering food because we have no food in the house to cook or consume. Um, and to do that, we use DoorDash in my home because DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. And all you have to do is open up the DoorDash app, pick what you want to eat, and it's left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting, which I use always, and I hope it stays around forever. I know that it was, you know, brought into the world to limit contact with other people, but I hope in decades we still have that option to limit my contact with strangers as much as possible. <laughs> I, as my least favorite part of ordering food, was always having to interact with someone. I don't even have to do that. It's just left right at my door. Um, fresh and hot and safe and tasty. And uh, many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery on DoorDash as well. So you can pick your favorite local restaurant and get some of their food left at your door. Lots of options. And DoorDash is always convenient and quick and easy, making my life much easier. So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out DoorDash, what should they do? Well, right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for the first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BUFFERING. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BUFFERING. Don't forget, that's code BUFFERING for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Hey, Tay, you're a cat owner, right? I am. Well, do you, would you say that you own your cat... We really own our cats. No, we are we are roommates. We are You're, companions. Yeah. We coexist comfortably. Roommates. And I would say we're also sort of butlers for our cats. <laughs> yes. Caretakers. We, yes. We care for them. We bring them food. And we clean out their litter boxes. And that takes a lot of time. Cleaning out a litter box. Adding more litter. Um, it can be a hassle. No matter how much you love your roommate cat and want to take care of it, it's not always the most fun. So, our new sponsor, Kitty Poo Club, has found the perfect solution for this problem. I love that name. I know, Kitty Poo Club. Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable and recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. So, it shows up, you open it up, your cat's got a nice little litter box with the litter that you chose right there to use. Um, And when the month is up... You dispose of the litter and recycle the box. So you don't have to worry because that that was my first thought was, oh, no, a a different box every month. Isn't that wasteful? Nope, because they're recyclable. So you don't have to worry. It's good for the environment. It's good for your cat. And uh, you're going to spend less time cleaning and refilling a litter box. Um, You can easily customize your subscription at any time. You can add things like toys, treats, accessories, whatever will make you and your roommate, a.k.a. the cat, happy. (laughs) So, Tay... If our listeners want to try Kitty Poo Club, what should they do? Well, right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering an awesome discount on your first litter box order and free shipping when you set up an auto ship. Just go to www.kittypooclub.com to save on your first auto ship order of litter boxes with free shipping. And be sure to let them know Still Buffering sent you after your checkout. That's kittypooclub.com. So, um, I don't know how it was that through, I mean, as I watched the show, I realized I was enjoying it. And I don't know, is it the, is it the actors? Is that where the magic is? What is it that makes it, because it's not just me. I mean, people are obsessed with this mm-hmm. show. I'm among them. This is not me, you know, criticizing. 
What is, is it the, what is it? What's the magic? It's more than just that it's good. I mean, I guess if I had to guess as the most recent viewer here of this show, um, I think it's just that this is a story being told in a context and setting in time and place with people that has never been told before. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when when have we gotten a, a show about gay pirates that's, like, openly just easily about gay pirates? That's also funny and also heartwarming. Or a show that acknowledged that the pirates it was about were gay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what other... Like, but you got Pirates of the Caribbean. There aren't even a lot of other big, big pirate... Big pirate times in the movies and the shows. So, <laughs> this is another big pirate time. There's, there's Captain Hook. And culture... Well, and his crew. Well, he was pretty. I mean, flamboyant. Uh, I, <laughs> I love how we were just like, I can't believe people used to just point to characters like, oh, that's a gay character when they're not. And we're like, well, Captain Hook, though. <laughs> well, I'm uh, okay, but look, because I agree history with queer coded villains, is, is, that's kind of every that's true. villain. Point, that's true. point to one Disney villain that is straight. That's true. Because uh, uh, I agree with you. As soon as you said it, I was like, well. <laughs> I feel like for a while entangled, that horse is sort of the villain. And <laughs> the horse strikes no, me as, no. as I don't, pretty straight. I don't think the, you're right. The horse is very straight. That's that's it. The horse is not the villain. <laughs> for a while. No, Mother Gothel. But for a while, the horse is trying to no. <laughs> capture Flynn Rider. Which I didn't even know horses could do. The horse is a feisty sidekick. <laughs> okay, you know what? If the if the straightest villain in the Disney universe is the horse, that's fine. I will agree with that. <laughs> there's a there's one of those um, Tinkerbell movies where they do like Tinkerbell's backstory and all the stuff that she does with her p- fairies when Peter Pan's not around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that's the way those movies were advertised. <laughs> you ever wonder what Tinkerbell does with all the other pixie friends when t- Peter Pan's not around? I have there's, wondered. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> there's one with a pirate fairy, and the pirate fairy hooks up with a pirate crew. Yeah. And there's this, like, the the dude that, like, helps interpret for her on the pirate crew. It, it, like, it's this secret twist at the end. He's Captain Hook. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, young Captain Hook. Oh. And he's, like, kind of hot. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This is going in a weird direction. But that was my long way of saying, (laughs) I think people like it because we like fun pirate adventures. And now we get to watch them with these added. And they take out all the long, boring sailing parts. Yeah, there's not a lot of boring sailing. (laughs) And I I do think that like it is it it, 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 there's the freshness is from like a lot of times when we know we're encountering queer media, it's sold as queer media. That Mm -hmm. is part of the and, and it's either. I feel like a lot of it falls into two categories where it is about the, the pain of, of being gay. You know, there's suffering is a big aspect mm-hmm. because of your identity or it's just completely removed from that. And it's like, uh, we, there's no conflict. It just needs to be as happy as possible, but they're still always framed as, Oh, it's about a gay thing. This was just like, yeah, there's, there's, there's queer characters, but it's not, it's a pirate story. It's, we don't get a lot of media that's just normal mainstream stuff that just happens to naturally include queer characters in 
funny dialogue and you know humorous scenes and, and natural scenes it, it's always the the focus is they're queer first and then the story comes whereas in this it's the story first they just happen to be gay or yeah. queer or whatever, I, you know? I think that's true because the more you watch like especially I think what's interesting that they do with the character of Ed Blackbeard is you're seeing like one of history's scariest pirates I guess I don't know if there's a rating for those I don't know if there's a ranking list. I, think, I mean, I think he's at the top. I was going to say he's the only one I've actually heard of. So, wasn't there a red beard too? Blue beard. The blue beard. <laughs> there were lots of. Now, color. black beard, red beard makes sense because those are naturally occurring hair colors. Where did blue beard come from? Chartreuse mustache. <laughs> I think there was a blue beard though. But I don't know why he's called blue. But there has. I think to be I remember a, that from an escape room. There has to be a reason. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, you're you're seeing this guy who was like a scary, History deadly scary pirate. pirate. Yeah. And because you're seeing him through the eyes of this like romantic, like you know, growing romantic relationship, what you're what it's you're really talking about is like the history of his trauma that he's unpacking this life that he's leading where he is pretending to be really vicious, but also isn't because he doesn't murder people nearly as much as people think, except he sort of does because he's, he also doesn't think that like setting somebody's boat on fire is murdering them. It's true. Like the fire killed them, not me. (laughs) You know, and like, it's all very interesting to like study a character through someone else. And that's how you're doing. You're being able to do it through the eyes of someone who cares about them. And so you're not seeing them as Blackbeard, the pirate. You're seeing him as Ed. Ed. Yes. This, you know, complicated human who's sort of going through like a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if the pirating just doesn't do it for me anymore. Um, Well, I feel like, you know, that there's a lot of like sort of deconstruction of toxic masculinity. When you look at both of the the leads, they, they play very specific roles in their life. You know, Ed is this, oh, he's this violent evil murderous pirate and it's clear that he's gotten to a point in his life where he's like I don't want to be that and that's not who I am and I mean same with Steve Bonnet mm-hmm. he's been trying to play this you know patriarchal head of the family role and it's just not he doesn't want that like you know mm-hmm. no he, he doesn't want it and it's not his strength and and they're both very unhappy following the traditional roles as I mean, as much as you can call like being a murderous pirate a traditional role, mm-hmm. being aggressive, that, being you know powerful, uh, being a leader, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is it's interesting. I I feel like on TikTok people have a lot of things to say about the character of Izzy Hand, <laughs> and I don't I, I don't, just love that name. I don't know if I understand all that. Usually they're saying it through clips about Izzy. I <laughs> don't so, get. I don't always know what they're trying to tell me about him. I don't get flag or flag means death TikTok. So what are what are they saying about Izzy? Um, sometimes it's about like wanting to to know desperately know what the the romantic backstory between him and Ed is. There are a lot of people who feel like mm-hmm. that that's at least on TikTok. There mm-hmm. are a lot of people who feel like that's where a lot of that anger comes from. Mm-hmm. Is like some history oh. of being scorned. And thought about that. Like, it's jealousy? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Other people see Izzy as, like, the bad guy, the baddest guy mm-hmm. who ruined everything. Everybody's just trying to have a good time. Uh, I don't know. But people people make a lot of TikToks about Izzy. Interesting. Um, 
Tay, I gotta ask, as the resident bird bird lover, bird friend. <laughs> oh, there is there's I, bird violence in this. There's bird violence, and I mean it. It was done in a way that I don't want to say was comedic, but like <laughs> depicted to be very obviously not real real in the yes. context of the show but not real in the sense of like real real world mm-hmm. um but i don't think i've ever cried over a moment between an animal and a person like that uh than i did with what uh what was it carl yeah carl, yeah yeah and carl's wife <laughs> yeah Hey, it's a, it's this show's about all types of love, you know, including it's a man, and his bird friend, and his bird friend's wife. <laughs> Said, "Where's Where's Carl? He didn't come home." <laughs> it's so sad. Um, it that, was that is a rough scene, was, but it was another yeah. moment. It was another moment where it's just I really appreciated like this. There's a lot going on here. I uh, <laughs> everyone gets complexity. <laughs> I saw. Again, I get lots of these TikToks. I saw one where somebody was sort of deconstructing the scene on the fancy boat mm-hmm. with the fancy people mm-hmm. that are French. They're, That's what well, they're they... massive aggressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're made to seem the so. Um, it was interesting because they were sort of talking about how like it almost seems like they were playing with the trope of in a lot of like pirate adventures. And like like out on the seas adventures set in past time periods, you will have like a moment where the pirates encounter some sort of indigenous population somewhere and they're usually portrayed pretty terribly. Right. Like with a lot of racist stereotypes Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of a lot of things that are unflattering about the culture that you are encountering. And the, the idea is that that's sort of what they're doing with this scene. Because it's like this sort of like, we don't really know what French people are like, but we, we've we heard these things, so we'll just sort of do that mm-hmm. without like doing the research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything's sort of over-exaggerated. They're portrayed as not very intelligent. They're portrayed as cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, they're they're the bad guys. And it's it, it it's interesting to see it like, but they're the Europeans in this case, as opposed to mm-hmm. usually, I mean, usually you would see yeah. like a bunch of like, for the most part, white pirates encountering mm-hmm. some sort of indigenous, you know, population and then being like, oh, I can't believe how, you know, mm-hmm. they're so far behind us culturally. Mm-hmm. And they flipped that around that expectation, which is kind of cool. It's true. Yeah. Well, and when they do encounter, there is the, where they get, um, uh, stranded on the island and they encounter like an indigenous population and they're very <laughs> their only fear I mean, they have legitimate fear of white people but yeah. they're mm-hmm. otherwise like you know very good guides to the rest of the crew and like help kind of reset everybody's path so I, I do think that that sort of you know where where we give sympathy versus where we give kind of cartoonish portrayal is powerful mm-hmm. yeah also, I was thinking, we were talking about Blackbeard, and I was thinking then about and him and Steed and their mooch, which it takes a lot for me to gasp at a TV show, because I feel like usually I'm just like kind of just watching it with dead eyes. But when that <laughs> happened, I was like, <gasps> oh, um, but I feel like the, it also does a really good job of talking about things like 
mental health and not, I mean, obviously there's a lot of talking about sexuality and not using modern terms, just kind of Mm -hmm. in the context of this period. But the whole thing with Blackbeard and the Kraken and like memory and trauma and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff um, with him, I feel like is a very good way of talking about those issues without modern terminology, Mm -hmm. just like in the context that they had, um, which was another thing that I didn't, an unexpected twist of events um, that I also thought was very meaningful. Um, I th- I think it's really well done. Do you think? Do you or do you all think he really killed Lucius? No, they're no, no. Okay, I hope he's, I, he's that was. Too I don't think so. Yeah, I, I he is he is one of my favorite characters. Consistently hilarious. Um, I was really worried about him when he was losing his finger. He's an artist. <laughs> I know. That's what I kept thinking. He's an artist. He's an artist. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But uh, I the moment that made me even before they kiss, the moment that got me is when they're being captured by the British and they're laying on the deck. And he's he they're like face down on the ground looking at each other. And he says, you came back. And he says, never left. And winks at him, mm-hmm. and then as they pull back, you you're can tearing see, up. As you're tearing. It's just a, and then you can see him sliding his foot over next to his. Yeah. Oh. oh, and they're playing Fleetwood Mac in the background. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I added that song to my summer playlist <laughs> after that. <laughs> I mean, the the relationship between the two leads. I mean, it's you know, I even that first like. The, the original setup is so much built on like, oh, how all the eccentricities of Steed Bonnet, how ridiculous he is as a pirate. And it's all about mocking, oh, his library and everything, you know. And when you get that first scene of just Blackbeard experiencing what he's built, his his tiny boat and his library and everything. And he's just like, this is amazing. <laughs> like that connection of like, it's it's not about, yeah, that's where it's, that's what I was saying. Their characters first and then queer just happens to be how we would talk mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. it today. It's about two people that really see each other and the worth in each other and the value in each other outside of everybody else. And that's really mm-hmm. what ha- ha- doesn't it's it's outside of all gender or sexuality. That's just a beautiful story to tell. Mm-hmm. And it changes. It obviously changes Ed. I mean, by the end, he has shaved his beard. Well, before he then puts like a fake one on like a dirty, dirty, <laughs> like beard. a dirt one. Yeah, sure. like a soot beard. Um <laughs> But uh, but it changes Steed because the admiration that Ed has for Steed that is obvious to everyone around them changes the way all those people perceive Steed as mm-hmm. well. Um, because by the end, obviously, his crew like respects him and cares about him and stands. And they're up still for him. pirates. Yeah. So well, they still want to murder people. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> I remember that's always there. He Which just I doesn't do want to. Yeah. It also was a really good, I know there isn't going to be another season, so it's not an ending, mm-hmm. but just a really good ending of a season of a TV show. That that was, like, yes, what? obviously there are things you want to see still happen, but it was good in the sense that like it set it up for a good, mm-hmm. continu- not good, like, oh, everyone's happy, like good ending, oh, like, bro. oh man. No, yes, but in the sense that it's like, okay, well now we got to have more. Sets it up for a very interesting Season two. It was it was rough. Um, 
I w- when I didn't know if there was going to be a season two, it was hard. Well, yeah. I have now watched it yeah. with the knowledge that there was going to be one. So I get that benefit. But but you can't. You couldn't have Ross and Rachel get together in the first season. <laughs> What's the rest of Friends about? <laughs> I, they got to have their plane moment. <laughs> you got off the plane. <laughs> You're get, they'll be reunited, but they're going to be mad at each other. It's going to be a whole thing. And then more zany adventures. In I know. <laughs> zany pirate adventures. The beautiful, beautiful love. All I know is that Justin and I have our couple's Halloween costume now. Ed and Steed. Mm-hmm. Which one of you is which? I mean, obviously he's Steed Bond. No, I, like, I, I like that Sydney took insult at that for a second. Like, are you, yeah. are you kidding me? I just want to make sure. Me? That's what I thought. <laughs> I want to make sure he Justin knows about the Kraken. <laughs> He's met her before. Oh yeah, we all have. It. Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. Listen, she used to call that Sid Vicious. Yeah, has a new name now. She's retired. Hmm. She's the Kraken now. No, you were the Kraken. I'm just, I'm just Ed now. Just Ed. Yeah. Well, thank you all for introducing me to this show. Yeah, no problem. I'm really glad you watched it. I, If not for the pressures of being prepared for this episode, I genuinely don't think I would have powered through it like I did. I was I was losing hope, but I put put my faith in it. It's, it's truly worth it. If your friends have been nagging you to watch it, which I know some of you out there, they have, mm-hmm. listen to them and like just stick with it. Yes. Oh, and it's gen- genuinely like after living off of you know for decades of queer crumbs, there's a little bit, it's a little taste. It's like it's so, just the feeling of that, like oh, okay, it's gonna go there. That like mm-hmm. I can't uh, describe that feeling. You, you all need, you all deserve yeah. to experience it. Yeah. Well, thank you all for watching it. Of course. Um, and what's next, hey? Uh, I wanted to talk about a, uh, a musical artist that I really uh, loved growing up, um, Ani DeFranco. It's, hey, it's Pride Month. I feel like it's the right month to talk about Ani DeFranco. Uh, this is the month. Yeah, uh, and specifically, I, I mean, I, I'm going to probably, I'll probably make y'all a playlist for some of my favorite songs, but I think I'm going to focus around uh, Not a Pretty Girl, which is the first album that I owned and, and uh, loved of hers. Excellent. I don't know that I've ever listened that I knew of. No. So you'll recognize some songs. That usually happens. Yeah. Perfect. But well, that, that yes. is a perfect uh, selection for Pride Month. Um, well, thank you all. Thank you, listeners. Um, you should watch our Flag Means Death, obviously, if you haven't. Please do. This whole episode was just a, an ad for yeah, our Flag Means Death, basically. They're not paying us. We're doing no. this for free. <laughs> Um, you should go to Maximum Fun. Check out MaximumFun.org. Listen to all the great shows there. You can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuffering at MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mine. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I, I am too. Also, there's that great song again. With the, I've downloaded all the. They're, <laughs> they're all in the summer playlist now. They're all in the summer playlist now. Oh, I'm not gonna play it for you. It, <laughs>
this is the it, this is the tiny part of the episode. This is the tiny part of the episode. Well, I was just going to tell you that it's um, <laughs> poor man's poison. There we go. <laughs> I looked up poop. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say Bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother and Me. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.